Live from Hollywood, California, and the United Kingdom. It's Free Flowing Friday on the Andy and Amanda Show. Welcome aboard. Your special guest, Andy Kimball. Amanda Love. Maybe Cornell Butler. And you. The Andy and Amanda Show. Well, hello, folks. Welcome aboard. It's another free-flowing Friday with the Andy and Amanda Show here on Blog Talk Radio. Coast-to-coast program. Talking to you live from Hollywood, California. We're standing by for Amanda Love. Anyway, I want to send my very best out to everybody. Hope everybody's doing great and real well. Ending up this work week. It is a Friday. Happy hour is going to start soon. We know it's 5 o'clock somewhere. And, of course, it's a noontime show here in Southern California. We have another gorgeous day with beautiful blue skies, light breezes, temperatures in the 70s, and just, boy, love it out here. If you haven't been to California, you got to put it on your agenda to get out here. And I think Amanda is now joining us live I'm from the here. UK. Hey, man, how I'm are you excited. doing? How are you? How's it going? I'm good. I'm sorry. I had some technical issues there getting on the show. But I'm here. I'm here, my people. <laughs> I, I, I figured, and, and I'm glad you are here. I knew you'd be joining us, and um, we were um, waiting for your uh, arrival. You know, we're, you know, we rolled out the red Aww. carpet. We said, where's Amanda? We know she'll be coming on here. <laughs> but it is Friday, as we were That's saying. Funny. It's a free-flowing Friday. We're going to cover some news. Uh, we're going to cover some fun conversation, and maybe, just maybe, your calls at 515-605-9888. Welcome you aboard our show, as we do each and every program if you care to join us if not we know you'll be listening to the podcast on whichever distribution channel you might be listening to we welcome you aboard at that time too whatever time it is you might be listening to the show on saturday or sunday but we're live right now and again our number is 515-605-9888 you can also get on to the show by emailing andy and amanda show at gmail.com to send, an, in, to send a request, hey, I'd like to join your show, and then we'll send you an invite to get on the show um, via the internet. Or if you just, you'll get an invite, and you just click the link, and it'll bring you onto the show. Just make sure you have a headset, speakers, whatever, you know, so you can talk to us, however that is, imagining a headset and speakers or microphone, whatever it might be you have there. But anyway, Amanda, how are you doing? My darling, I'm doing really well, sweetheart. How about yourself? Doing fine here. Fine, you know, it's, it's a fine morning. A fine morning. Tip of the morning. Fine. No, it's a fine, fine afternoon now. It's noontime. Oh, well, let's see. Why don't you? I want to go get some lunch. Why don't you do the news? I'll be right back. Oh, so you're gonna follow me? Okay, okay, I'll take over. I see how it is. I can slow it up late, right? The, uh, I'll give you the run. And then what's happening here? The you day, my darling. Um, so. There's various things actually covering um, COVID. A lot going on to do with that. Uh, let's see. So, Portugal, okay, have slowed down their vaccinations being given out to key workers because there's shortages. Like, only 10% of key workers will receive a vaccine, and the rest will be given to two groups of people one group being those age, uh, sorry, 80 and over, and the other one aged between 50 and 79 who have health conditions and. Um, 
you know, like diseases and things of kidneys, heart, whatever that may be. And on Friday, Boris Johnson said that the UK will donate most of the UK surplus vaccine supplies to poorer countries and is urging other rich countries to do the same. So uh, the Foreign Office Minister, James Cleverly, has promised that the government would be a global force for good in fighting the pandemic. And unlike some countries, the UK would not use the promise of vaccine supplies to other countries as short-term diplomatic leverage. Um, but it was difficult to say at this stage when the sharing would happen. So, so far, the UK has seen uh, 17 million people vaccinated and 573,724 having their second doses. So we're making some progress with that. We're making progress. Um, Northern Ireland's COVID-related death rates have fallen for a third week, which is great news. Uh, but they are also extending their lockdown until April the 1st. Um, in Wales, their lockdown rules are easing a little. Uh, tomorrow, with changes to how many people can meet and so on. And full details of this can be found online, as there's so much to cover. Um, and in the city of, uh, I think this is how you pronounce it, Andy, Serena or Serana in Brazil, they are doing a yes. test by vaccinating the whole town of 30,000 people to see if it lowers the infection rate over a period of two months because they are looking to get life back to normal as soon as possible without the use of masks, etc. So they also mentioned how people have been wanting to buy or rent places in the city in order to receive a vaccination. And other cities like Rio, they have stopped vaccination due to running out of those doses. So again, our healthcare workers are also crying out for better protection since at least... 930 of them have died from COVID and many are experiencing long-term effects. And in my opinion, they need better masks and, and equipment. And I feel it's only fair that the government provide all they need, considering they are the ones on the front line trying to heal everybody and deal with it all firsthand. So as far as I'm concerned, they should be priority. Um, but we shall see what happens with that. And... Uh, the BBC has reported that a team of scientists have used artificial intelligence to work out where the next level of coronavirus could emerge. And they've said that researchers used a combination of fundamental biology and machine learning. Their computer algorithm predicted many more potential hosts of new virus strains than have previously been detected. And their findings have been published in the journal Nature Communications. Um, Dr. Marcus Blagrove, or Blagrove, something like that, mm -hmm. uh, vi virologist from the University of Liverpool, UK, who was involved in the study, explained, we want to know where the next coronavirus might come from. One way they're generated is through a recombination between two existing coronavirus. So two viruses infect the same cell and they recombine into a daughter virus that would be an entirely new strain. So the researchers were able to plug an existing biological evidence into an algorithm, teaching a computer how to spot viruses and host species that were most likely to be a source of this recombination. So that's, uh, I find that quite fascinating and very interesting. Wow. Um, the way they're moving forward with trying to detect it all and, and overcome this, it's, it's on one hand, you know, it's, it's a tragic circumstance that we're facing with all this COVID situation. But on the other, it's fascinating to see how humanity is moving forward with this. Um, what areas we're looking into, where, where the funding's going, the technology's going um, to stop any more pandemics. 
So uh, yeah, that that wow. that's the main main news. It's literally various parts of of COVID uh, have come into the surface right now. So and, and uh, it's interesting to to see what the various um, countries, you know, what the various regions yeah. in the UK are doing and how they're handling it and how they're how they're working around it and trying to dive into it and and section mm. off uh, portions of the population and. Um, you know, and um, and even in, as as you were saying, and um, you know, in certain countries are now you know taking X amount of the population and saying, well, what happened if we did this? What would happen if we did that? Um, sporadically, but but you're starting to see you know, more, you know, uh, government participation in the research of 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 the cure and the research of the remedy of this in various countries around the world. Slowly but surely, we're starting to see that. Which is uh, which is good. It's great, great to see. Yeah, it really is. Absolutely. The, the numbers, you know, here, here, as you know, in the United States, um, you probably read uh, if the news, you know, broke around the world. Uh, we've had some frigid, frigid storms, freezing storms, yeah. frigid temperatures in parts yeah. of Texas and the South, which have, you know, hasn't been um, reached in in decades, in in many, many, many years. And um, and uh, you know, in, in elect in Texas, the state. Let me, let me uh, go back up just a minute here. In the United States, we have what's called a power grid. Imagine a great big screen yeah. that covers the entire country, like a mosquito, like a screen like you'd have on your screen door, like a big screen. Just yeah. imagine the visualization; it covers the whole country. So that grid um, is supplied with energy that is generated from various sources around the country, and it forms a great big grid. And we have this whole you know, um, you, you know, we would hope that this grid would not be affected because it could affect a large part of the country. Um, in the 90s, no, it wasn't the 90s. It was 2003 or four. What am I saying? Around 2004 or five, maybe somewhere in there, um, yeah. a part of the grid was damaged and it turned off all the electricity in in New York. I mean, that's you know, wow. so it's a, it's very powerful. But here's so, it's, but and it's federally, it's a federal. You know, it's the whole country it covers a, a, every state except the state of Texas. They opted not to partake. They opted to be their own grid. They put their own grid over their own screen, if you will, over their own state um, yeah. and not participate uh, to, for, for uh, cost cutting, for tax savings, for, you know, they want to right. financially participate in that grid. Um, and therefore, the, the, the big umbrella grid can't Swoop in and say, "Bam! We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna shoot some power down there. We're gonna, we're gonna give you some extra energy. We're gonna, you know, we're, we're gonna, you know, help remedy this via that big screen that that covers the whole country. They have their own screen that covers the state of Texas. So yeah. when when you get freezing, you know, Texas is, you know, the furthest part of Texas. If you look at the map, is like it has the latitude of down here where Miami is, or further, you know, San Padre Island is way, way south. You know, and you get you know, warm temperatures down there and, and, you know, people go down there for winter break and uh, for like they would Fort Lauderdale, Florida or Southern California yeah. um, because yeah. it's warm. Now, who would ever think that you're going to get temperatures, in the, you know, in the low 30s, the upper 20s and pipes break and wires go down and power supplies and generators don't start. Generators aren't starting down there to supply power. So you're seeing tens of yeah. thousands of people waiting in line in frigid temperatures for hours trying to get propane, trying to get water. Then you have to, because there's no water, the 
the plants that purify and clean the water for distribution through your spigots in your home um, aren't yeah. working. They can't power them up. So there's a you know now people have to boil water if they can get water. And, and, if, and if you don't have electric power to boil it, how do you boil it unless you have gas? And hopefully that's working. So yes. it is an incredible yes. situation what's going on in Texas right now. And I feel real. My heart yeah. goes out to everybody in Texas. We, I know we've had listeners in Texas. I don't know if we are right now given the situation. Um, but, but really, we're, we're with you. And uh, you can get on the Red Cross websites and other websites. And if you care to participate in remedying and, and, and donating, contributing to, what, to, to the people there, it would, I'm sure they'd very much appreciate it, um, and uh, greatly so. Um, but that's, you know, yes, it's, it's, a horrible, it's a horrible situation right now in the state of Texas. It is. Yeah. I mean, um, a friend of mine um, sent me some pictures and said uh, it was ice that I built up on the inside of the property where they just couldn't keep warm. And I was just, wow, I was absolutely stunned. Isn't it, it's, it's, I, I, as far as I read, I think it said something like the first time in 30 years that Texas has seen that kind of yeah. dramatic storm. And I think it, it came from, they called it the ice blast, I think it was, and due to, um, in previous years, the low pressures, uh, that kind of door maintained and, and stop it from spreading to uh, places like Canada and, and the US. And, um, but unfortunately, that did happen this time for whatever scientific reason. Um, but yeah, I saw, saw a lot of pictures and things and, and a story saying about a hundred car pile on a on freeway, I was just wow! It was so shocking, so shocking, and I feel for everybody there. It's it's Less unbelievable. Than, yeah. uh, President Joe Biden here um, is signing a major disaster declaration for the state of Texas, and he will be oh, visiting yeah. the state next week. You know, thousands are are without power. It's the fourth night in a row. You imagine going through frigid, frigid temperatures in your home. People yeah. are lighting fires. People people are burning. I've heard stories. People burning cribs. People burning their furniture to stay warm. Um, I mean, the stories are just unbelievable. But you know, thousands continue without power. Uh, fourth night now, um, and Texas is is in a frigid grip. Uh, I mean, the temperatures are sub freezing. And, and yeah. Biden said Friday that he's going to be signing a major, major disaster relief declaration. Um, and the interesting thing is that um, that. Senator Ted Cruz of Texas, we all might know who Ted Cruz is by now. Um, he um, he went on to Cancun, Mexico oh. during this. As okay. as yeah, he went to Mexico. Um, it, the, it's the worst electricity outage in United States history right now in his, in his home state of Texas. And yes, Texas Senator Ted Cruz takes off for Cancun, Mexico. He did acknowledge, however, on Thursday that he had traveled to uh, Mexico for a family vacation that was previously scheduled to be with his daughters. And, um, huh. you know, and he said that, um, you know, leaving his home state as, you know, uh, thousands of his constituents struggled uh, was obviously not, not a good thing to do. And he just was guiding his daughters going, traveling with them to, to Mexico and then turning around and coming right back. Um, but um, I think, let's see, you know, it's funny, the news happens so fast. You know, we have a very short-term memory here, maybe around the world, but I know here in this country, um, 
you know, the news comes and goes, something devastating, something that can really affect your perception of a particular politician or individual in the news, and it yeah. kind of comes, and yeah. something else comes, and a major disaster, then a political something, somebody says something, yeah. uh, somebody shoots somebody, whatever it happens, and whatever that was just kind of disappears pretty quickly. And it'll be interesting to see in the uh, next uh, election, in the senatorial uh, election in Texas, if, you know, what, what the memory is and how the Democrats are going to, to resurface his decision. Does he really care yeah. about his neighbor there in Texas? He takes off for, hey, I'm going to Cancun. Hope you're all, hope you're all right. I'm, I'm going to yeah. Cancun, you know. Get, give me work on a tan, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, but, but he, he did. Uh, I'm having fun, but he just he did went down to accompany his daughters in all seriousness, and and, yeah. and it was pretty yeah. planned, and and uh, you know maybe he didn't, you know he said well, you know if it's going to be handled, it's okay. We have people, we have experts and officials and companies, electric companies and gas companies and water companies and federal relief and FEMA and all these things, and it should just bam kick in almost an autopilot. This is all going to happen. You know, what am I going to yeah. go? Do a shovel of snow? What, what am I personally going to do? Well, you, well, he should be there. It, for support, he should be stopping by, he should be visiting, flying helicopters around to various uh, affected areas, making himself visible, showing empathy, showing concern. That's what a senator does. That's what a political official, that's what an elected official yeah. does. Yeah. That's what you do. But, I um, agree with that, Andy. It'll be, it'll be interesting. Um, yeah. And, and here's the interesting thing as well. The, uh, the COVID-19 vaccine distribution uh, has all but stopped in Texas, obviously. Yeah. Um, Obviously, okay. um, yeah, and the uh, the the energy crisis has spanned down um, just below the border of Texas into Mexico. Um, the president of Mexico, Andres Manuel Lopez uh, Obrador, he urged Mexicans on Thursday to conserve as much electricity as they possibly can, as the yeah. blackouts continue to roll from the north in central parts of the country. Um, you know. And that's followed by problems caused by the, the outage in the grid system and so forth. So it's uh, it's kind of interesting. It, it really, you know, how this is all being being handled and how it's affecting the various regions and and what you know how we're how we're coming to remedy this. It's it's you know we yeah. we would have hoped that we would be able to see to see it foresee it and and jump in and and do something. And they were caught. They were just caught. Um, but, We're certainly um, living in some crazy times, right, with, with all of this going on and, you know, various situations that we're trying to juggle all at the same time from Mother Nature and, um, you know, the, the pandemic and uh, the political issues that we've, we've all been experiencing. It's just, it's just crazy yeah. things we live in. It is. And it's also, as I was saying, the interesting thing, you know, I, I can sit back and, and kind of bird's eye view and watching all the various players, the moving chess pieces, so to speak, that yeah. that that provide remedy. Where, who, where, what, you know, the governors, the senators, the president, um, the population, um, the various organizations, organizations, and just watch all these, these pieces come into play. Um, the interesting, uh, another interesting aspect of, of all this is that uh, um, the Republican governor there, his name is Greg Abbott, uh, blamed the grid operators and the iced over wind turbines, but has gone easier on another culprit, a failed culprit, uh, which is the oil and gas industry, in that um, the state's dominant business is, of course, the oil and gas industry, and also yeah. his biggest political contributor. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and the toll continues, you know, just yesterday, the toll continues to deepen 
um, you know, historic winter storms that have, that have killed now, um, you know, I think about a dozen people. Um, yeah. From, and um, it's just unbelievable what's going on. But anyway. It is. It really is. Yeah, we just wish them all the best down there, and, and you know, we'll – Warmer temperatures are coming your way, Texas, and things yeah. are all remedying. We feel real bad for all the people who have been so grossly affected there. Um, you know what's also interesting? This week has shown the sharpest decline in COVID cases since the epidemic. Wow. In one week, 29%. Now, let's correlate that. What has also happened this week? What has also happened? Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Oh, hmm. freezing temperatures, testing yes. sites going down, no testing yes. available, people not venturing out for testing. Huh. Yes. And now we also show in one week a 29% decrease in new cases. Do you think there could be a doom, 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 doom? I Interesting. know, right, Andy, the mind boggles. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's a valid new- point, though, because I don't think that's one that people would generally reach for because only on the Andy and Amanda show new deaths that's 24 hours up to now 1,251 people died from COVID uh, total deaths in this country has exceeded 500,000 506,578 in the UK it's 119,920 with 533 new cases in the, U- in the UK um, new cases 40,837 um, yesterday, just look at the number from yesterday, okay, 70,092, two days ago, 72,421, up to, up to on the afternoon time, 40,837, I don't know what it'll be, I guess we'll report that on Monday, we'll, we'll come back and see what, um, on the Monday show, we'll see what, what it ended up being today, but it's just interesting, Yeah. and, um, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm from, as we said several times, I'm from the the Northeast, I'm from Pennsylvania, where COVID is, uh, COVID is also uh, taking a, a very large toll. Um, and also, um, where our show coordinator, Cornell Butler, is, um, you know, I was in yeah. Cornell and I come from pretty close areas there in, in, in suburbs of Philadelphia. Um, but we, we've, we've never met, as you and I have never met. Um, no. And, and Cornell and I were almost neighbors at one point, so it's kind of kind of interesting. But That's amazing. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, and here we are meeting yeah, thousands of miles away. But I moved out here years ago in Southern California, and I just wouldn't want to live anywhere else. You know, high taxes, a lot of people, traffic, everything's slower now because of COVID. But but you, I, even with all that, all the highways and the freeways, and the, you know, it, it's just a slower pace. It's a it's whatever. Yeah. No, it's not really. But it, it's slower. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is a slower, more relaxed, more hospitable environment. It just seems to me coming from the hustle and bustle of New York and move over and you come out here and yeah. just, it just seems to me. And, and you know, I'm sure the people who would debate me on this here that it, but my my own life experience is that. You know, you talk about something, an opportunity, people say, hey, I know somebody who, hey, you know, call me, let's do, hey, you know, that's a cool idea. Let's, hey, let's get together and talk about that. And just, you know, more so than, than the, you know, when you're on the highway, I, you know, my own experience, that's all I can speak to. And I've heard people, you know, say, what, really? Um, you're on the highway and you have to get move over five lanes because you realize your, your exit is coming up soon and you're not from here and you need to get over. People let you over. You you tried that on a two lane highway in the Schuylkill Expressway outside of Philadelphia. No way. No way. <laughs> no way. <laughs> no way. Ah, ah. 
Uh, anyway, I like oh, I like wow. the people in California. Amanda, we're going to get you here too. One day we're going to be doing the show together from here. That we're hoping that'll happen sooner than, that will than be later. So Wouldn't cool. be great? Yeah, definitely. Great. Yeah. Just watch, watch uh, this space, people. Watch this space. <laughs> you bet. You bet. The other incredible news, especially me being such a fan of the space program and exploration, uh, that the um, Perseverance rover has oh, set yes, back new color images and never before seen view of what it looks like to land on the red planet. Imagine this. Yeah. Mars has an atmosphere. You know, we landed on the moon. The moon doesn't have any atmosphere, right? It, it, Really, it, Mars actually has nitrogen and other gases. It has an atmosphere which would be poisonous to us, but it has gravity. It has an atmosphere, and because it has an atmosphere, you can't just you know go down and land on it. It's, it's similar to coming through the atmosphere on Earth. You know, they have, they have the heat I shields. Can, uh, I can understand those poisonous gases, my darling. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> and um. The the um, so what happens is is what something looks like the Apollo capsule that contains the rover and everything is is going through the the atmosphere of of Mars at 2,500 miles an hour and slows down to a snail's pace and makes a pinpoint landing amongst rocks and hills and uneven terrain guided by JPL the Jet Propulsion Lab here um, in right outside of LA and I've been there I'll tell you about that in a minute um, mm. pinpoint landing on Mars safely rover gets out and underneath rover uh, underneath the rover is a the equivalent of a drone a mini helicopter that's going to be flying around Mars that's pretty impressive that is so and, impressive and eventually they're going to be sending back live samples back to Earth from Mars. That's going to happen. Wow. A couple of years ago, a friend, actually, I met a friend, actually, he's a friend of my daughter's, and we've become friends since, and he, sometimes he, during breaks, he's a Sanford student, university, and also um, has a residency at Jet Propulsion Lab, and what he's doing is designing a, the equivalent of like a Goodyear blimp, like a big balloon that's going to float in the atmosphere of Jupiter and measure gases and, and uh, environmental factors and so forth. He's working on this project and designing it um, as an intern at JPL. Uh, wow! And uh, and we've become um, you know friends. He's, he's my daughter's age, but you know I'm a huge you know I always wanted to be an astronaut. And I'm a, you know I love watching stars and really into astronomy. And he loves it. And he's now going to he's like pre astronaut training program. He you know we talked about it one time. I'm like why don't you go? Why don't you go? Why don't you make it a plan? You know I call him my son. He's not you know he's not. He's not no. I feel like I give him, I like give him fatherly advice and say, you know what, you want to. He's got such a passion for space. Yeah. That I'm like, why don't you, why don't you, you're, you know, what are you, 23, 24? Go to Mars. And he, you know, he tells me oh, sincerely, if he had the opportunity to go to Mars, knowing it would be a one-way trip, he would go right now, knowing he would die there. He would go today. And I understand that. Wow. I understand that. Yeah, isn't that cool? I mean, I understand it. Um, so I, he, he's invited. I, I went out to JPL and. You know, and given VIP tour credentials and so forth, and got a an inside tour that he gave me um, uh, with my with my daughter, and I actually held parts of the rover, part part of what the uh, Perseverance, what's on Mars right now. Mm-hmm. I saw them make, I saw them laser cut part of the components, and I've held those components in my hand. Wow. Uh, a component that would fit in your palm, a component a little larger than a golf ball, 
fit in my hand that cost the United States government $50,000. Just Ooh. one little component. And then wow. I went out back to JPL and they recreated the Mars environment. Not, not, the, um, not the atmosphere, obviously. Um, of course, but yeah. They, yeah, they, they, because you know, they, they replaced the nitrogen on Mars with, with a different kind of gas. Uh, and <laughs> Yeah, I could just see it. They got everybody in chili that day, and you know, it's like, guys, eat this chili so we can go to the gas. Yeah, they so yeah, different kind of gas they because they couldn't get the exact uh, environment, so they substituted the gas, um, and that's why they called yeah. me. <laughs> so they, I see. They, they, they know I like to eat the chili. You know, I'm a big fan of chili. You know, but and anyway, they, uh, uh, you, you walked away with the label of Captain Thunderpants or something. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but but they go up and you see the Martian uh, environment, um, and they test the various tire treads. And I saw them do it. I saw the the exact replica of what's on Mars right now, Perseverance, roving across the in fact the the made up Martian ground with the rocks and boulders and hills in back of JPL, and and saw. Perseverance rolling across, and they and they tried different treads. You know, to, to what's the best tire? You know, it's so cool. And then I saw them remotely control, and and you know, I was in the the mission control center and saw people controlling satellites with a joystick, you know, like you would on a game. Wow. You know, they are controlling, you know, firing rockets and, and and moving satellites around in space right in front of me, and it That's was so, so cool. cool. So yeah. cool. Yeah. And um, wow, what a thing to witness. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you do come here to LA, which we hope will happen, we'll, we'll make sure that you, you know, you and I both will go. Maybe on the show, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll go to uh, to JPL, and well, we can't record too much actually. We can audio record, I think, but we'll, uh, you and I will go to. I'll show you JPL. It would be, it would be great to take you there. And also, you know what else wow, is here in LA? Thank you. Um, What's that? At the Science Museum is Endeavor. The Space Shuttle Endeavor is here, just oh, a few wow. miles from my home. Yep. Yeah, it's also That's here. That's so, so cool. Wow. Yeah, I'm, cool? I'm up for that, Andy. I'm up for that. Or was cool. it for an adventure? Yeah, so... Um that's huge news to me. And, and folks, you to go to your major paper in your city or CNN or MSNBC and, and just look at some of the pictures that have, are being sent back and look at the quality of these images that are being sent back by a Perseverance rover right now after it landed on Mars. Unbelievable. Wow. Unbelievable. I'm so going to check that out because that's just fascinating to me. And they're having fun with this too. Like they, they send, you know, this thing can tweet. Rover is a computer, like like a robot. And it can, they yeah. send a, a, a Twitter message. Uh, Welcome to my lifelong, my new home. You know, it's sending back tweets. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> and they're having some fun with it too. Um, They're like, they're having it send back postcards. You know, like, like you know how you can, take an image and, and go online and make a postcard of an image. Well, it's, ha- it's sending back postcards of landing site. Oh my <laughs> goodness. That's amazing. I mean, they're having some fun with this thing too. And it's so cool. <laughs> you know, we're all like, you know, they're like kids, like, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. like, like children. it's so cool. But the descent and landing was incredible. And they had a camera on the descent stage of the spacecraft that captured perspective, something that was mm-hmm. never possible in previous missions. Wow. Yes. And, and one of the I've... tweets he sent back, you know, this is a quote. This is a quote, not from a person. This is a quote from the spaceship. It says, from the spaceship, on a Twitter account, 
bam, you know, sending tweet, right? How do you say tweet or twit, whatever it is? It's uh, <laughs> it's just, this shot <laughs> from this shot from a camera on my jetpack captures me in midair just before my wheels touch down. It's and go to the Perseverance Twitter account, folks, and and have a conversation. I mean, tweet back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. That's we should send him a tweet uh, or or twat from from the if you tw- is it you tweeted twatted tweet I don't know whatever it is we should send the one from our show don't we have a twit a twi- uh, uh, tweeter whatever it is don't we have one of them uh, uh, <laughs> yes yes we uh... <laughs> oh, yes we do have a Twitter account my darling and the um, the uh, the, the, I want to say the address, but you know the, the handle, I guess, whatever you want to call it, is at Andy Amanda Two. Um, so yeah, that that would be amazing to um, just Andy Amanda Two at, at Twitter dot com. Andy Amanda Two. That's it. That's our Twitter handle. Andy Amanda Two. Yeah. That's so it. so the the Twitter address, obviously, if you're entering in a, in a web browser, is uh, Twitter dot com forward slash Andy and Amanda Two. I think that's the way it works. So I'm so used to going into the app, I don't really think about typing out the full address. So um, when it comes to typing out the full address, I'm like, uh, okay, it's this, or is it that way, you know? <laughs> but, um, yeah. Well, cool. All right, folks, remember that. And also, we have Facebook, we're on Instagram, and, uh, um, of course, uh, Block Talk Radio, and, and, of course, some of you, a lot of you are hearing uh, us on various podcasts by Our Heart Radio, on iTunes, on Chrome, on Apple, uh, on iTunes, and and very, um, we're on a lot of podcast distribution sites right now, uh, which is Spotify, just terrific. Spotify, Pandora, yeah, yeah, Pandora everywhere, which is great. Um, you know, I think we touched upon this on Wednesday show that Biden um, had a great town hall uh, on Tuesday night uh, with uh, Anderson Cooper from CNN. It was wonderful to see him uh, speak. Although there was some, uh, he misspoke. He misspoke. Hey, listen, we talked when Trump misspoke. We're going to talk about when when Biden. Uh, does the same. He addressed a little girl so yeah. sweetly and told the little girl that that the coronavirus uh, doesn't spread uh, from kids to uh, parents, so you don't have to worry about affecting your mom or your daddy, and that is absolutely not true. It, it does and can spread from kids to parents. Uh, and yeah. There's a couple of little things, but you know he, he misspoke and what political leader has not. And just you know we just want to mention that. I don't want to come off as every time uh, Trump uh, made a fupa. Um, we covered it when Biden does. We don't cover it. No, we, we will mention it. You know, there haven't been yeah. a whole lot so far, but there have been some. And, and the, the, you know, he, people know that this, uh, even Trump himself, last February 8th of 2020, said, hey, this thing is, is airborne. It doesn't discriminate. It can affect anybody. And Trump was absolutely right. Why he didn't do anything about it, we don't know. But, but he was right when he said that. Yeah. Um, anyway, we have, we, what a lot of people don't know. And what our inside uh, field reporters have uh, here on the Andy and Amanda show um, have uh, gotten back to us uh, with thorough investigation and carefully, you know, you know, it was very top secret. Most people didn't know this. Uh, it was hidden from most of the population that Donald Trump was in the wings in Milwaukee when Joe Biden presented his town hall. He was on the other side of the stage. And oh really? Certain, okay. Yes. And certain parts of the town hall were edited from public consumption, but not from the Andy and Amanda show. We no. <laughs> we it was very. Don't ask how we got it. Connections, connections. You know what I'm saying? You know. 
<laughs> That's right. Yeah. So uh, we're going to play. We're going to play uh, part of the town hall, and you're going to hear. Uh, here's the proof. Here's the evidence. I don't need to talk about it anymore. Here's the evidence. Here we go. You're going to hear uh, uh, Joe Biden and, um, and you know, Donald Trump's reaction to Biden, uh, section of Biden's uh, town hall. Interesting. Take a listen. When do you think this pandemic is, I mean, when are we, when is it going to be done? When are we going to get back to normal? Well, you know, uh, all the experts, uh, all the committee that I put together, the leading uh, researchers in the world in the United States are on this committee of mine, headed by Dr. Fauci and others. Uh, um, they tell me, be careful not to predict things that you don't know for certain what's going to happen because then you'll be held accountable. I get that. But let me tell you what I think based on all that I've learned and all that I've studied and all that I think that I know. It's fairly, it's a high probability that the vaccinations that are available today and the new one, Johnson Johnson, God willing, will prove to be useful, that with those vaccinations, the ability to continue to spread the disease is going to diminish considerably because of what they call herd immunity. Herd mentality. Herd immunity. Herd mentality. Herd immunity. Herd mentality. Herd immunity. Herd mentality. Herd immunity. And now they're saying somewhere around 70% of the people have to constitute, some people said 50, 60, but a significant number have to be in a position where they are, they have been vaccinated and or they've been through it and have antibodies. And have antibodies. Herd mentality. Herd immunity. Um, and so if that works that way, as my mother would say, with the grace of God and the goodwill of the neighbors, that by next Christmas, I think we'll be in a very different circumstance, God willing, than we are today. Herd mentality. Herd immunity. I think a year from now, when it's 22 below zero here, um, no, a year from now, I think that there'll be significantly fewer people having to be socially distanced, have to wear masks, etc. But we don't know. So I don't want to overpromise anything here. I told you when I ran and when I got elected, I will always level with you. Use Franklin Roosevelt's example. I'll shoot you, give it straight from the shoulder. Straight from the shoulder what I know and what I don't know. I understand it better than anybody. We don't know for certain, but it is highly unlikely that by the beginning of next year's school, traditional school year in September, we are not significantly better off than we are today. But it matters. It matters whether you continue to wear that mask. It matters whether you continue to socially distance. It matters whether you wash your hands with hot water. It, those things matter. They matter. And that can save a lot of lives while we're getting to this point where you get to herd immunity. Herd mentality. Herd immunity. Um, you've made... You made passing a COVID relief bill uh, the focus of your first 100 days. Those on the right say the proposal's too big. Some on the left say it's not big enough. Are you committed to passing $1.9 trillion bill, or is that final number still up for negotiation? It really is a disgrace. I'm committed to pass. Look, here's some of you probably economists or 
college professors or teaching in school. This is the first time in my career, and as you can tell, I'm over 30, the first time in my career that there is a consensus among economists left, right, and center that is over, and including the IMF and in Europe, that the overwhelming consensus is in order to grow the economy a year, two, three, and four down the line, we can't spend too much. Now's the time we should be spending. Now's the time to go big. You may recall I managed the last experiment we had with the stimulus, and it was 800, no, I don't mean it that way, but it was $800 billion. We thought we needed more than that, and we think we did. We got, we were, it ended up working, but it slowed things up by about, and depending who you talk to, between six months and a year and a half. We can come back, we can come roaring back. It's estimated that if we, by most economists, including Wall Street firms, as well as, as, as uh, you know, uh, think tanks, of, uh, political think tanks, left, right, and center, it is estimated that if you, we pass this bill alone, we'll create seven million jobs this year. It's seven million new jobs. And so the thing we haven't talked about, and I'm not gonna go on because I wanna hear your question, I apologize. We haven't talked about, I remember you and I talking during the campaign and you had the former guy saying that, well, you know, uh, we just gonna open things up and that's all we need to do. We said, no, you gotta deal with the disease before you deal with, the, with getting the economy going. Well, the fact is that the economy now has to be dealt with. And what is, look at all the people. You have over 10 million people unemployed. We need unemployment insurance. We need to make sure that, you know, you have 40% of the children in America are talk about food shortage, 60% of it. Did you ever think you'd see a day in Milwaukee? You'd see in the last six months, people lining up in their automobiles for an hour or for as far as you could see to get a bag of food? Shut up and drink your chin. Yes. I love the way so, he speaks, you know. I really do. Yeah. Yes, as as do I. He's just, you know, he's real. He he speaks from the heart. You know, he's a uh, what a what a, a relief. What an incredible relief that. Uh, he's so, so humble. I, that, I've, I've always I, I've always liked him. I've always liked him going back to when he, you know, he's thirty years and. In, in the Senate, you know, I've always liked Joe Biden. Of course, he's made other attempts uh, to run for president in the past and have never succeeded. And even when he did, I was like, I like that guy. I like that guy. Um, and it's yeah. so good to see um, him as president right now. My God, I'm just so proud of him. I'm so proud of him. I'm so proud of this okay. country for making the appropriate decision. Um, and speaking of appropriate decisions, yeah. decisions, let's talk about, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. You know, yes, I remember yes. those. There was a there was a movie that came out. I forget the name of it. Maybe maybe some listeners will, will know uh, better than I. Uh, and the movie depicted an individual. What happens to an individual when they make a decision to get on a subway? Okay, they get on subway, and and it follows them through life after that for a while. Then the movie goes back and shows the same person. If they didn't get on that subway, they got on the next one, 
How does that decision, as minor of a decision as that is, whoops, I'm not going to get on that one, I'll get the very next one. Oh, the decision to do that. Sliding doors? Is that, is, is that it? Sliding there's doors? a movie called Sliding Doors where this woman um, is, uh, she moves into a straight person but delays her jumping on this subway and it shows yes. two parts of her life. If she had gone on the subway, had that played out, and if she didn't, uh, if she if she caught the um, the one the slightly one. later. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's what I'm talking about. Movie. That, yeah. That, I mean, thank you, Amanda. That's it. That's it. That's that's what I was thought. I couldn't quite remember what it was, but yes, yes, yeah. that is it. And and um, wow. And and what 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 decisions do you think that speaking of our own personal decisions that we've made? And if anybody wants to join us here at five one five six zero five nine eight eight eight, you're welcome to share your own experiences with us. We'll open up the phone lines here. Um, I wonder what. Um, Speaking from your experience, Amanda, what um, yes, what decisions do you think you have made? Where, if at that level, you know, the next train, that not getting into, you know, uh, going to a store, or going, getting to your car, waiting, and then doing it a few minutes later, or something equivalent to that, and how, what impact do you think, looking back, if you can recall anything off the top of your head, what impact do you think that may have had in, in your life, in in relationship? Um, in anything okay. that one springs to mind dramatically. Um, it was an experience I had when I was, I think I was about 14 years old. I want to say 14, it may have been sooner. Um, basically, what had happened was my family and I went to this huge store called uh, Texas, you know. And they did everything like hardware to furnishings and everything you could think of. And we walked around. We were trying to find some some um, items to uh, fix at home. And we couldn't find what we wanted. So my parents uh, were getting ready to leave and we were about to the store. And my mother said to me, oh, wait, we need batteries. And at that point, we, we headed back to pick up some batteries. And then all of a sudden, there was these loud bangs outside, real dramatic bangs. Um, we didn't know what it was. Next thing we know, this woman is running in, covered with blood and carrying a child and um, screaming, call an ambulance, call an ambulance. And then they shut the store to stop everybody from leaving. And it turns out what had played out was a guy had followed his ex-girlfriend into the car park and was chased around the car park with a sawn-off shotgun. And he shot her and somebody else. And then he turned the gun on himself. Mm. And at that point, if my, I guess if my mother hadn't said go back for the batteries, we could have been caught in the crossfire of um, that incident. And I know how scarred I would have been from that because I'm such a sensitive soul. And, you know, even when we left and we saw the bodies in the car park covered over and they had everything taped off, it scarred me for life seeing that. And I often think back to that situation, how would I have been the rest of my life if I had actually witnessed it? or even got caught in that experience. Um, so, you know, it's, it's one of those moments that's very surreal and it, it challenges you to think outside the box and go much deeper with it. Um, so, yeah, I, I, mm. I often think about how that would have affected me for the rest of my life, Andy. I really do. Mm. Mm. It was a very, Boy, very scary situation. That's, 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 that, that just... I, 
a decision that you made that could have resulted in a in absolute tragedy. Wow. That's yeah, scary. I mean, I know I realized that, it, you know, it wasn't a decision I made, that it was my family who decided that decision. But it, it, I think it just goes to show that it can only take one moment and one decision for your life to play out completely differently. Um, and, yeah, I, I dread to think what could have occurred if we'd, we'd left when we did, because we would have seen it all playing out and possibly got caught up in it. Um, so, yeah. I mean, what about you, Andy? What about you? I've been thinking. I have okay. luck. I have. To, I have uh, decided quite a ways back not to make any decisions in my life. Just kind of <laughs> hang out on the beach. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sounds good to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like that. Much, you know. You know, interesting. Uh, and we we've talked about this. Or I've talked about this. I should say, uh, you know, repeatedly on various shows. I, I was a pilot, and being a pilot. Um, Part of this, the, the skills that you develop um, in actual subject area and, and, a, and a methodology, what you look for as a flight instructor in a student, yeah. regardless of the level of that student, whether obtaining uh, a type rating in a commercial jet or just getting the private pilot license, is, is what's called aeronautical decision making. Okay. And, and that is scenario-based. You know, how, are, how, are, how are the decisions that one executes that you conclude and you do a b or c um and how are they how they done how how is that transformed from from what basis of information do you make that decision and how is the information uh deployed so to speak you know how is it executed and um and some decisions as a pilot obviously can be you know people's lives are at stake depending on yeah. what that decision is and uh um and it's interestingly to me because I started flying at 16 years old, yeah. and and I firmly believe, and I've I've promoted learning to fly to so many. It's much more expensive now than it used to be, and I realize that. But even taking a few flying lessons, because when you participate in a three-dimensional world in the sky, up, down, back, forth, left, right, you know, uh, yeah, and decide which dimension I'm turning into, how am I going to do it, what am I going to do, What's, what are the results of my actions going to be as, uh, from doing this, I think that has greatly affected my life tremendously, you know, from a philosophical standpoint in, in how I make decisions in life no matter what I do. Some decisions, I'm not saying all decisions I make are, are great, uh, for sure, you know. Um, I've turned out, I had some gig opportunities and some tour opportunities, and I was, nah, nah, and I look back at those opportunities, which happened, you know, 20 years ago, or whatever. And I'm like, why yeah. the fuck, you know, why the hell did I say no to that? Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, whatever, you know, geez, you know, and people say, Andy, yeah. what, what, you know, um, I even had the opportunity and you know, some of my good friends and some of which went on to become very well-known recording artists who I managed and helped their careers early on when I had my recall to my airline job, you know, I was playing guitar and doing some other things in between. If my phone would ring and this person would call me up and say, uh, Andy, go back to flying. Oh my God, it's so who you are. Oh my God, Andy, how, how, are, you even, how are you even thinking not going back? Andy, my God, it's just who yeah. you are. Go take, they recalled you, go back to flying. Go do it, it's who you are. And 
And I thought about that. And I've also thought about that conversation for many, many times repeatedly in my life when things weren't really going the way I'd hoped and financially in other ways, you know, and I'm, I'm thinking, God, I, sh- I should have gone back to flying. And, and I'm, I'm no regrets, believe me, no, no regrets whatsoever. Yeah. But, but, yeah. but, you know, now I, I look back and I'm like, you know, how, how would my life have turned out? And if I had, and I could have made it. I had several opportunities. Even the chief of operations at the airline called me up and said, "We have a space. You're going to put your books and your reading material at a at a desk in the cl- in the recall class. They're here. If you don't show up, then you don't show up. But we want you to come back, and we're going to put all your study materials at a, at a desk with your name on it. If you're not there, then you're not there. But we want you to come back here. And we got some ideas, blah where you can progress in this company, and blah blah. And uh, you know, I was playing. You know, I'd go and I'd sell out a show, and I'd have you know hundreds of people watching me, and I'm writing songs. I got a record deal, and I'm touring, and I'm making a difference in people's lives with my guitar. I'm starting some businesses. I'm hiring employees. And I'm like, you know what? I could go drive the bus. Been there, done it. You can't take, <laughs> yeah. you can't take my, you can't take my experience away from me. You can't take my licenses away from me. Unless I okay. fuck up, but I'm, <laughs> but, um, but you know, I'll, I can go back to it. You know, you know, maybe yeah, fresher yeah. training, or whatever. But you know, I, I've got, you know, so yeah. so that experience to me, uh, it, it was a huge decision in my life, and and a decision yeah. that I have looked at upon with some regret. Currently, I still do. Sometimes okay. I do. Sometimes I, yeah. You know, I do look back upon that. You know, would I've gotten married? Would I've had my kid? You know, how how would life have turned out? I probably would not have the kids I have, and I, I would. You know, I've got the two most amazing daughters in the world who've never had a problem from day one. No issues. They've been amazing every step of the ride. God, you know, to think that I, if I went back to flying, I know how. I, I may not have ever gotten married. I may never had these kids, or what? Who? What's whatever? Who knows? You know. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, so I love the yeah, whole I, I, idea and concept of that question, though, Andy. It's just there's, there's so much potential to that question that you know I'm sure everybody listening would be like, ah, oh, how can I tie that to my life? Speaking of which, we have a caller on the line. Hold on a minute. Let me let me let me put this. Hold on a minute. Hello there. Hello there. Hello. Hey, who, might this, who might this be? Hi, hi, hi. My name is Justine in Los Angeles. Hey, oh, how you doing? Oh, and I, I heard, I think I heard a, a wonderful shout out. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and this, uh, <laughs> um, yes, I, I am one of those two daughters. <laughs> I will. I will oh. that. Um, but I called. I called. I heard the topic of the show is decision making. I call in, and I hear, um, I hear, you know, this about everything about life. It's not just making decisions day, day to day, but you know how the smallest things. Can lead to a whole path you never expected. But it, yeah. it got me thinking about a book I've been reading, actually. It's called The Undoing Project by Michael oh. Lewis. He's also written, um, he's written The Big Short. He wrote The Blind Side, Moneyball, a few very uh, well-known books. It's kind of, well, a lot of them turn into films, but this whole book, The Undoing Project, is about the foundation of decision-making theory. And these okay. two psycholo- economics-based psychologists who looked at decision-making and, and, you know, tried to debunk the idea that, you know, people, assuming every human behaves rationally, you know, in economic models, things like that, and realizing mm-hmm. that, hey, you know what, no, there are a lot of other factors, and a lot of humans do not behave as you expect them to behave because of those psychological factors. And yeah. so whether it be from experiences or from, um, you know, relationships or life decisions or events that, that 
how you perceive the world around you that really plays a difference into, you know, what choice you ultimately make, whether it be, you know, choosing where to go on vacation or, you know, choosing a career path, things like that. And, and I yes. think it's really interesting that some people assert so much weight and pressure on themselves for bigger decisions. And what I'm seeing yes. from this book is a lot of the larger decisions, at the end, you never know the alternative. You don't know what that is. So there's no yeah. reason to dig into what the alternative could be when it becomes something like choosing a career or something like that. But when it comes to smaller decisions, such as, um, say, you're placing a wager on a sporting game or, um, you know, deciding the color of your, of your living room, smaller decisions like that, when you break them down and really hem and haul, it, it, it doesn't have as much of a mental toll on you if you know rather than sitting hemming and hauling about a big life choice because at the end of the day the big life choice is going to be whatever you choose you can't yeah. really imagine how it otherwise would be but you can always repeat your living room and yeah. it was just interesting to put it all in perspective in terms of how we make decisions and what people really think of as quote-unquote rational and then what they follow through with and depending right. on how that decision or situation is framed can make a difference in what the person chooses yeah. Psychologically, asking questions in two different ways, you can get two completely different answers from people. And wow. It, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I highly recommend the book if anybody has an interesting kind of decision-making theory. They use statistics. Um, the whole idea is, is how they can create a model to predict who would become the best fighter pilot for the Israeli uh, defense force. They were Israeli right. soldiers, and they wanted to find, okay, are there certain qualities that will put someone in a position to make, you know, the best decisions in the air or, or yeah. are there certain skills that are needed on the ground? And, you know, what, what traits are people looking at when they, when they assign certain roles? Are they looking at the right traits? Right. And, and they kind okay. of, that's where it all started from. And um, yeah. really kind of looking into more than just the physical attributes, but the psychological attributes when it comes to, but it's really interesting. It puts a lot of things in perspective. I think a lot of people put a lot of pressure on themselves for um, bigger decisions and, oh, what oh, could it have yes. been if I did this? What could have been yeah. if I did that? And it's really fun to think about as well. But, you know, it like, is. Like Andy was saying, I'm sorry, I'm in the parking lot here. As Andy was saying, <laughs> um, you know, it, it, at the end of the day, you are who you are because of the decisions you made, and there's no, wouldn't have it any other way. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it, it can define a person that way, definitely. Exactly. Hey, hey, hey Justin, can you parlay that, uh, even briefly to whatever extent, into any decision that you have made in your life um, that would have turned out A versus B that you can look back on now? I think one, well, I, yeah, so in the middle of college, I, I transferred universities across the country from a small um State school in Vermont, University of Vermont, to uh, the University of Southern California, giant school um, on the other side of the country. And making that decision, I realized looking back how much I put myself through psychologically and just emotionally, how big of a deal I made that decision the whole time trying to make sense of it logically. When in my gut, the whole time I knew that I wanted to be at USC, but I had for some reason that decision making process really kind of got the best of me in that moment. And, and it came down to switching my answer every single week. And at the end of the day, you know, I, I don't know what my life would have been like if I stayed at Vermont. Who knows if I would be on the East Coast still, but any, yeah. either way, I knew that at that moment in that bigger decision, 
I felt that USC was where I wanted to be, and that's where I went. And I wouldn't have my life any other way now. So I, I think it, it's interesting to look back on those bigger decisions and how much weight we put on, you know, the rationality of the decision. When at the end of the day, it doesn't have to necessarily be rational, but it has to be what best feels, what feels best for you. And I think a lot of times people try to rationalize a lot of decisions in a way that can sometimes take away from what you really want from that decision at the end of the day. I want to ask you another question. I'm, I'm going back to a, dis- a discussion we've been having on, uh, earlier in the week on our show, and, and we were talking about wisdom. What what is wisdom? Where does wisdom come from? Is wisdom smarts? Is you know, we, we we kind of dove into that. And and what I want to ask you is, do you think the wisdom, you know, actual wisdom, is part of the uh, of what you used to make that decision? For example, when you transferred from Vermont to USC, or was it smarts? Was it things like your skill development? Uh, what, what was the underlying drive that created the, the ability for you to make that decision? And, and what part did wisdom um, have in that? Well, I think a lot of that decision, you know, logically, I did have to think, okay, in terms of my life, is this going to help me get where I want to be? Or is this going to get me the same spot as I, if I stay where I am? And looking at, in that sense, you know, is it, is it really going to make me feel like I can blossom and be my best self? And I think when it comes to that kind of thing, that's not necessarily wisdom. I think wisdom comes much more from experience and being able to decipher yes. Yes. Tr- who, who you truly are and what things in your life have brought that out and what things in your life have shown you that, you know, th- those aren't the best things for you. And I think being wise is being able to tell the difference between those good and bad experiences and carrying that throughout all the decisions. Like, like following what your true self is, I think is wisdom. And I think having the smart, the ability to say, okay, maybe yes, like, because then smarts kind of follow along with that. If that mm-hmm. makes sense. I don't think intelligent, anybody does. can be intelligent and smart and make like a quote unquote good decision. Like, you know, on paper, USC is a highly ranked school compared to Vermont. You know, like they had amazing programs, amazing resources on paper, obviously. Yes. But logically a better decision, but you know, emotionally and psychologically that, that's why the whole rationale piece, you know, rationalizing that it gets hard because I had, I had friendships, I had experiences, I had, you know, an environment in Vermont and I, that was hard to leave. And so kind of being able to decipher that and thinking, okay, put logic aside in terms of like who I know about myself, what do I feel is going to be the best choice for me? And I think, I mean, not, and obviously, you know, there are times I'm like, oh, maybe, you know, that was interesting. Maybe I should have stayed. I had so much going for me. But then I'm like, oh, the next day I'll wake up and say, wow, I'm so happy I did what I did. And I yeah. think that comes with life. You always are going to think about what if. But I think the best thing is to know that the decisions that you make, if you make them in line with who you know that you are and what you value, I think that it's yeah. hard to, to really regret a lot, you know. Yeah. The only time you would is if you do something that goes against what you believe in for yourself. And that's yeah, a lot yeah. of, from what this book is saying, is that a lot of just, a lot of the, the, the inner self comes out in those decisions. What, yeah. what is the title of that book again? What is the title of the book? The Undoing Project by Michael Lewis. The Undoing, Lewis. By Michael Lewis, the Undoing mm-hmm. Project. 
Cool. You know, it's interesting that you said uh, in believe in believe in wheat because you know part of our discussion on wisdom, and we're going to you know we're going to continue this this train of thought into our shows next week. The uh, was you need to believe in something. Does wisdom come from a belief? A, a, a you know we we touched upon that, um, or is wisdom derived from the human experience, which I think is more of what you just kind of outlined, and I think pretty effectively as well. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But do, do we have wisdom without without a belief in a higher power? Do we have wisdom? Does wisdom come from a higher power, or or do we manifest um, wisdom from our own experience? Hmm. Hmm. That's what he said. It's <laughs> 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 a very deep question, though, isn't it? It's a very deep question. Oh, oh, yeah. One you can just keep on with, I think. You know? Only on the Andy Amanda show. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I have to go grocery shopping here, but it was lovely calling in. Great conversation. Hey, don't oh, be a stranger to the show. You, Absolutely, lovely. don't be yeah. a, don't <laughs> be a stranger. We'll look forward, and you have a good uh, good right. time. Hey, just we'll talk soon. All right. Yeah, sounds great. All right, bye bye. Come here, grocery sweetheart. Bye. Thank you. You're good there. Bye bye. Bye. Oh, that was beautiful. That was nice, wasn't it? Gosh. Yeah. Know? Wow. Gosh. Yeah, my Aww. own my own my own kid, Justine. Yeah, got you a better job than I did. Darling. Oh, thank you, thank you. I, I, she did a better job than me. Just off the go And boy, and boy, you should hear her play guitar, man. Oh man, and sing. Woo wee! Wow. She, she, I'm proud to say she taught me everything I know. Yeah. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, it's it's. She's adorable. it's no, thank you, man. Th- thanks very much. Yeah, I'm, You're quite proud of I'm quite It's been, as I said earlier, <laughs> it, it's been a great, uh, you know, being being her dad and Caroline, her sister's dad, has been just um, just the most amazing, amazing thing ever imaginable. Yeah. You know, ever, you know, because you know, you know, when in my own life experience growing up and being an adolescent, and you know, having you know, families, an older brother, a younger sister, I'm in the middle. Um, and watching other families and the family experience, you know, kids go through phases, you know, rebellion, anger, you know, sneaking around, you know, your kid, you know, like, like enjoy your, enjoy your kid when they're little, because it, it gets, you know, I remember one time a, 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 a somebody I'd met, uh, this a physician who, um, excuse my language folks, I'm quoting on, he said, uh, when my kids, Justine was like, four or five, Caroline was like two or one or something, and um, yeah. maybe a little older, but um, this um, uh, Peter, a physician friend of mine, uh, had a 17-year-old daughter, and um, he said, uh, you, we're talking about kids, you know, I've got two young daughters, he said, you have daughters? I'm like, yeah, so do I, I've got daughters, I'll tell you, my oldest is 17, they, all, all, the, all she says is, fuck you and give me some money. Can I have some money and fuck, and fuck you. That's what, that's what, and he says that's what you have to look forward to. Can I have some money and fuck you. <laughs> and and oh I, I I was I was thinking that's probably you know I could see knowing from what I knew, and yeah. um, and my own experience what I've witnessed and been told by friends and so forth that that's happening. It never happened. Yeah. It never happened, well, and for me yeah. in my life and raising my daughters, it's been just every single phase, every single day has just been one incredible experience. Just you know, every every step from from being infants to to young adults, un, unbelievable. And anyway, 
Wow. A testament to you, to you and your wife. Absolutely amazing. She's very smart. Clearly very smart. And yeah, it's absolutely lovely to talk to her. She's got a beautiful family. Well, thanks. Yeah, I don't know if it's a testament to me. My wife may be, not me. I don't know about me. I don't know. You know, but getting back to decision making, like if I, you know, just yeah. from my, me and my own life, that's the only experience, you know, you talk about other people's experience from a bird's eye view, but but in terms of your life, it's your own experience. Yeah. And and if I had stayed in aviation, um, you know, there's there may have been somebody else who's not here, uh, but I the decision I made not to go back to flying led to this amazing experience I've had as a dad, and it's been absolutely yeah. incredible. Nothing can nothing can can even imaginably come close to to anything. There's nothing. That touches it. Yeah. And well, maybe the guitar. Maybe the guitar. I don't know. <laughs> and, my, and my daughters would probably vouch for that. <laughs> yeah. in, a, in a different respect. In a different respect. But yeah. Um, but it's just you know, it's getting back again to to decision making. Um, that's uh, you know, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, I think uh, back to. Sorry, go on. Mm-hmm. No, no. So I was going to ask you, going back into your life, like what, what, what do you think? I like, mean, what. Yeah, there's, there's pivotal moments in my life that, you know, I, I think to myself, if I'd done this differently, how would it have turned out? Like, for example, I wish I'd focused more on music when I was a child, you know, taking uh, classes and specific extra classes at school um, to follow that passion more than, you know, art and graphic design, which everybody was nudging me in that direction, saying, yeah, you're really good, but you should do this. And I, I was like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know... I think about how my life would have turned out then, and then I think about if I'd actually gone to university and took it even further, because all I did was go to uh, college, um, which I could have gone to university after this college, Um, but I I left college with everything I needed. I managed to get a job straight away from college, luckily, in the field that I was trying to get into. So, you know, I often think about if I had gone to university, would I have had a, a much better job um a, a, a more intense career in that sense or would it have been enough to drive me to music completely in a different direction because that was something i was battling with at the time as well so um you know career-wise that, that's the things i look at and think oh my life could have been different and if you know if i didn't make a decision to be um with my my ex-partner how life would have turned out because you know i had lots of different plans for my life and so there's lots of key elements in my life that I look back and think, oh, yeah, I wonder how that would have gone. But uh, I don't regret any of the decisions. I don't regret them all. all. No, I, I don't. I, I look back and wonder what would have, what, what would have, how would it have been. I do, I do think about that. I, I'm like, I'm, I'm a very, um, like a sentimental romantic. Like if I'm, you know, with a girl somewhere going sailing, you know, I remember when I was dating and stuff and a girl would come down for an incredible romantic, so to speak, weekend on my sailboat. And, um, and then the next time I go down on the boat, I'd be by myself and I'd be like, Oh, we sat right there. Oh, that's where we sat. Oh, we swam over there. Oh, you know, these little things. I, I am yeah. unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. You know, like, like, um, a shirt I wore, you know, I'd be like, Oh, I'm not going to wash this shirt. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? It's just, you yeah. know, or, or if, I, if I was with the, it mostly having to do with, with girls, I must, I must admit, mostly romantic experiences, other experiences, eh. but um, the, <laughs> the, um, 
um, the um, or you know if I if I was um, you know did a major concert somewhere with my band or something and then I go back to that venue as as somebody's watching and I'd say oh my god I stood right there with my band you know that kind of thing but um, but the um, if I like if I was out with a girl and she's wearing a particular Musqueal or whatever scent or something and then I you know it would be on my shirt and when I yeah. took the shirt off I smell it and I say oh and the next time I put the shirt on if I didn't wash or something I still have that still smell and I'd be like. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I'm such a sentimental romantic. It's it's just you know, Andy. I can so get on board with that because I'm exactly the same. Exactly Are you? the same. Yeah. Oh my god. You and I, as a couple, we'd be like, oh my god, we'd be like, <laughs> <laughs> we'd be hopeless. We need. <laughs> I know, right? I know. <laughs> oh my thought. god! Would be, that would be dangerous. Wouldn't it? Oh my god! Between us. <laughs> oh, what are you like? <laughs> oh my goodness! But uh, yeah, it's it's that. So, um, but I look. Um, you know, I, I had a you know speaking of girls. I was with the one girl who was, and I'm I'm still friends with with several of my major relationship. You know, I had shorter relationships. You know, not yeah. not a lot of yeah. one night what they call one night stands. I've had very few of them here and there, but mostly long term relationships. You know, one long term, then another long term. I'm not one to just date, 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 date different girls for a couple mm. months at a time. I don't, I'm not. I've never yeah. just done it. And part of that is because I'm very bad at meeting women, and girls. I've always been very shy that way. But so I never really, you know, I get relationships, boom, there I am. And it yeah. can be years, you know. So one of those, I think I went out with this figure girl for five years in my early 20s. Um, she uh, was an English major at Temple University, wanted to get her advanced degree and become a teacher. But um, she told me at the time, and I was a pilot, and she knew me as a pilot, knew my pilot friends and so forth. She said, yeah, do you know what you should do? You should go back to school, go to Temple. You, you get in, you get in a Temple, go back to school. Go, you know, pursue another degree and get a degree in communications. You would be great, like on the radio or in, in press and journalism and, in, in, you know, some kind of marketing communications and public relations, you, you know, flying. And I don't yeah. know, if, I don't know if it's, I, I, it's cool that you're doing it, you know, blah, blah, blah. But I, I see you like with a communications degree and, and, you know, and I, and what do you know, what are you and I doing now? I mean, I mean, we have this internet show. I know it's not this major thing, but we hope it will be someday. But, um, but, you know, just looking back at that decision, sometimes I look back and I'm, and I feel so at home and I've had an advertising and, and marketing firm, you know, I felt, you know, I did that. I had employees in that industry and blah, blah, blah. And, and I wonder what, how would my life have turned out if, if instead of becoming a pilot or maybe I'd become a pilot or whatever and say, eh, um, I did get a degree in communications. Like, what would I've got? Would I've been, you know, could I got an anchor job? Would I've been a weatherman? Would I've been, would I've been a, yeah. a DJ? <laughs> yeah. Andy, the weatherman. <laughs> um, you know, and, and you know, what would my, you know, so, you know, you get one trek on this world, and you make decisions in this world, and 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 hopefully, hopefully. Um, you don't live with regret because uh, I mean, I, and I don't, I don't live with regret, but you just kind of look back um, at what the possibilities could be and, and would have been and might be in the future um, in, in your life. And, and it's important just, I think, to get, you know, and, and again, coming back to that wisdom, you know, that word wisdom and the definition of we, as we have been defining it and going about exploring 
what effect wisdom has on your love life, on, on mending your life from getting over something that was horrific or, or traumatic to you to whatever that is. How does, yeah. how does the experience and the definition of wisdom aid and comfort you and enable you to move on with future decision making? You know, what is the connection yeah. between wisdom, smarts, decision making, and thereby life itself? Next, on the Andy and Amanda show. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love our deep conversations, though. I truly do. There's, there's stuff that gets you thinking, you know. And I'm sure many people who've listened to this could relate to these, these types of questions that we all ask ourselves at some point. And mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. I just, I'm one of these people who just loves diving into all this type of thing, Andy. I really do. Yes. It takes it's, it's, past it's, the normality of this world and, you know, it does. It, it, it does indeed. And, um, you know, and it, when you kind of dive in to what makes tomorrow happen, what happened yeah. yesterday be- becomes less relevant into you being able to dive into making something happen tomorrow. I, I, I think, I think that. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. So what happens, you know, I did something yesterday. I did something yesterday. And, and I have to make a decision today. Yesterday, okay. I, I made, I cooked something. I cooked something. Let's go something, just some, something simple, a physical task. I cooked, uh, yesterday I had a hamburger. I went to In-N-Out yesterday, first time in over a year. Um, wow. And, and my, my youngest daughter, In-N-Out, I don't know if you remember, In-N-Out is like a McDonald's Burger King place, but it is incredibly popular on the West Coast. Every hour of the day, there's lines of cars going through, lines of people. It takes forever. It's, they're really, really good. Great, great burgers and fries, great shakes. In, in and out. We don't have them over here. No, and they're not even on the East Coast. I never heard of them. As a matter, matter of fact, real quick, when I uh, first heard of them, I was with my youngest daughter coming back from a gymnastics meet with a, a friend of uh, hers whose mom was driving. Yeah. And the kids were, you know, we had a bunch of kids in the back of the minivan, and uh, and the kids were hungry. Well, we were all hungry. We were all hungry, and um, and the kids were saying, you know, could you get something in the way back? Could you get? And the mom who's driving said, yeah, we'll do like uh, In and Out. And me being from Philadelphia, thought we'll go someplace In and Out. We'll go McDonald's, Burger King. You know, we'll go, bam. You know, not going to spend any time. We'll go In and Out. And then we pull up to a like equivalent of like a McDonald's, and it's called In and Out. I'm like, oh, In and Out. She's like, she laughed, you know, so, oh, I thought you were, I never heard of it. And I thought you were like talking like literally going someplace in and out. But <laughs> after I had my first double burger, double, what are you, double bubble? What's it called? Double, not double bubble, double, double, burger, double, whatever. Um, and, uh, you know, she got it for me. She, you know, she ordered for me, you know, bam, bam, bam. And you get, and you, there's this hidden menu. There's a menu on the main menu board. And then there's a hidden menu, which I think you can get on the in, uh, internet, with, which has secret I've, things that only, only the people who would in, you know, so you can make an order with animal, you know, franchise with animal sauce, you know, it's animal or your burger with animals, you know. Um, yeah, so she ordered for me and I was like, whoa, I went home and you know, my family, I had to introduce my the whole family. I said, guess what we're doing for dinner night? I'm going down to the, to the nearest in and out. I'm bringing back dinner, you guys. And it is really good. One time uh, when I was back in Philly, I was watching an interview with some of the uh, space station astronauts. And one of the interview folks said to the astronaut, uh, so what do you miss uh, most back on Earth? And the first thing he said was in and out. Wow. <laughs> I was like... And then my youngest daughter, uh, who's vegetarian, uh, but was able to eat French fries from In-N-Out because they're cooked in vegetable oil, um, unlike McDonald's, but can also eat Burger King French fries, just so you know, um, <laughs> the, the, um, uh, informed me 
that In-N-Out Corporation was a contributor to the Trump campaign and not to eat there. So he didn't. Oh, really? <laughs> Over, yeah, yeah. She said, Dad, they, they, give, they give a lot of money to Trump. I'm like, really? I had really? no idea about that. Wow. No, no. So yesterday I was with my mother and we were hungry and I took her to the you know, dentist, whatever it was. We were hungry afterwards. Let's get something to eat. And I'm like, let's, let's go to In-N-Out. And we did the drive-thru and I got to tell you, man, mm, mm, mm. Now, how does that conversation play into <laughs> <laughs> the decision that you might make tomorrow? Yes. Well, <laughs> here's how. I had a hamburger. I, I tried to not eat red meat, you know, keeping the cholesterol down and da da da. You know, yeah. and I'm not a big fan of red meats and you know, cows and all this stuff. There's all sorts of things yeah. you can get into. But so, um, happened to have some um, uh, what are they called? I forget kosher hot dogs. I forget what the name of it is, but they're hot dogs. I've got. I've told you before about my ninja foodie, and I learned. Yeah. I looked up that you can make the most amazing hot dogs. Uh, with the foodie by air frying them, they get crisp on the outside and amazing in the inside. You, you can make Ooh. cheese or chili dogs, whatever. Yeah, that's what I said. Ooh. And then I'm thinking, and I've had cholesterol issues, you know, in my life and all that stuff. And I'm thinking, okay, you, oh my God, I've got these hot dogs. I open up the drawer and my God, there's these hot dogs in the refrigerator. And you go, God, make these air fried hot dogs. And then I thought to myself, did I had in and out you know, French fries, in and out animal sauce, you know, all this cholesterol. And then I thought to myself, no. Why? Because I, I should only eat, I should eat red meat rarely and don't, you know, stay away from it, stay away from all meats rarely, stay away. And how this could affect me, because what if those hot dogs, and then the next, a couple of days later, all oh, the hot dogs, they weren't bad, I feel fine and whatever. And then I had other, and that led up to a, some kind of cardiovascular event down the road. Not just by eating yeah. one hot dog, but by the mindset, the discipline, because yes. I, I hope to be here for a while. You never know. You never know what life's going to do. But, you know, I, I, I hope I got to take care of the ticker. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm good. But, you know. You got to get old. You get older and, you know, family history and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah. um, so, um, so the decision to something as simple as that. You know, okay, no, I'm, I can't. I, I'm going to do it. And I will let you know when. I'll take a picture and send it to you. I'm going to make the hot dogs and the foodie. Next month on the Andy and Amanda show. We'll Instagram it. Yeah, we will. That'll be cool. Yeah. But you see, you see what I mean? So, so what, what if, you know, some folks who have uh, had unfortunate, let's just, you know, cardiovascular events, whatever it might be, um, and looking at their lifestyle and decisions that they wish they could have taken back, uh, you know, eating that diet, eating a lot of sticks, eating a lot of red meat, not getting exercise, not taking care of yourself, and bam. Sometimes the, the first symptom of cardiovascular disease is death. Yes. That's a fact. It's a fact. It's sometimes yeah. the first, and, and many, many of us uh, can have warnings too. Many of the population get, uh-oh, what's that? What's that about? You know, go get it checked out. You know, oh yes. boy, you know, hey, you got some blockage, we'll do a stent, we'll do a drain, you know, boom, you wouldn't live to your 99 years old, whatever. And some folks yeah. get warnings and they don't, or, or they don't, or they don't get a warning. And the first symptom is a major blockage, boom. And, and, mm -hmm. and you know, so, and you look at all that and you look at things that, you know, there's so many things that are, that are beyond our control in life, but we, is it through wisdom or smarts or just education 
that enables us to make the decisions that in our overall behavioral behavior. It's kind of and, what goes best the chicken or the egg situation because I'm sure there's yeah. a lot of things that come before decision that makes it wisdom. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when, when something is learned, when something is learned, what is the overall result? I think when something is learned, that's the true meaning of wisdom. Because you've applied that experience to your life, and it, you, you, from that experience, somebody else gains from it, and that is wisdom. Yes. Well, I can go back. To, I can talk about this forever. I'll tell you, this is fascinating. I know, right? <laughs> the if I if I if I told you, Amanda, I want you to let's take a piano keyboard. We can all everybody. I don't care if you play it or not. Everybody can visualize a piano keyboard. Yeah. And I say I want you to play this note and then that note, and then yeah. you do it. Did you learn anything by that, or you just did it via what, what's called rote? I, I show you, you do. Did you learn, right? Okay. I go. You play a C and then a D, right? A C and then I mm-hmm. go. Dore mi fa solata. You go C D, right? And the D is the next note after C. I think isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know how to check. All right. Let me go look. Wait a minute. Um, so, <laughs> so, um, so I play C D E or Mary had a lamb E D C E D C Mary like Mary had a lamb going down right. And then I show you. That's how you play Mary had a lamb. Go E D C and then you do it. Um, that is rote, right? I, I do you repeat because I showed you how to do it. And you did it. Yeah. There's no understanding as to what happened with the combination of those three notes. And no. if there's no understanding, there cannot be a behavioral change. Right. So it cannot, so it cannot be learned. <clears throat> See what I'm saying? Okay. Okay. So we have rote. We have understanding what the relationship and the correlation between those three notes. Because I know those three notes, I can play them backwards and forwards and play them out of order and predict what the melodic line is going to be. Yeah. Because now I understand the correlation. I understand the connection. Now, what's the next level? And I'm just using music as an example, but we can break that into any aspect of our life, anything. I don't care from playing golf, playing baseball, driving a car, flying a plane, whatever it might be. I don't care what scuba diving, sailing, whatever. Sex. And we can talk about okay. that next on the next Andy Mander show. Um, the, 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 um, the, now, okay, so we understand now the relationship between yeah. the three notes, and we can play them. Now I can go compose a song. Okay. Because of the understanding I had between those three notes, because I can compose that song, I can compose many songs, maybe make a record. I see. Now, okay. that has created a, a change in behavior in my entire life. Yes. Right? So we have rote. We have understanding and connection correlation, and we have ultimately a behavioral change. Right. Right? Yep. So when I make that decision, ultimately, what can occur in your life? And we're talking about this, folks. Amanda and I are talking about this from, you know, this, 
in, in abstract, we're, we're being very, very abstract. I understand that. We could be talking about love life and, and work life and getting a new job and finding a career and finding a new boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever it might be in your life, you know, leaving home, uh, coming back home, I mean, you know, moving, you know, mm-hmm. taking up skiing or skydiving, you know, all these different things. But we're, but we're talking about this from a very abstract conversation right now and, and we'll, we'll dive into it more as we as we move along in, in subsequent conversations in our shows um, and how it might affect your life and your particular situation but we do need to call in and talk about that at 515-605-9888 um, our time is is up they're telling me the lights okay. you know you know yeah. we're um we're we're kind of uh look at the clock here and saying whoa and our our, our <laughs> hour and a half free flow on friday it's been pretty free and pretty flowing, I would say, or freaky Friday <laughs> afternoon with Andy and Amanda. Great doing the noontime show here in California, the 8 p.m. show uh, there in the U.K. Um, and, the, uh, and the 3 p.m. show um, yeah, live. I'm talking live, of course, because somebody might be looking at the watch and saying, it's 1 o'clock in the morning. Um, but this is recorded <laughs> live. And, and folks, well, in those of you who are listening to our podcast, we know that you are, and I'm going to address, I'm talking to you, you, you right, you right there, you, yes, you, yes, you, you beautiful yeah, people, okay. yeah. you, uh, what I'd like to have you do is email Andy and Amanda show at gmail.com with an experience that affected you in your life and a decision that you had to make that created that experience. And do you regret it? How did it change? What behavioral change occurred? as a result of that decision. And, and I'd like yeah. to talk about, you, you, can, you can email us anonymously. We won't mention your name. Just, just send us that experience and, and we'll talk about that as a foundation for, uh, for future conversations. I request that you yeah. do that. Whether they do or not, Amanda, we don't know. We don't know. We hope that you do. We, we hope that you're we picking see. up on that. We're going to keep Andy, the ball rolling. Yeah, we're, we're going to keep the ball rolling regardless. Andy and Amanda show at, at gmail.com. Um, is the email and our number, of course, if you want to get in on the show here in the United States um, and I guess in Canada. Oh, I want to talk to you about that just for a second. 515-625-9888. Mexico, uh, Amanda, has now yeah. uh, exceeded the Canadian demographic population of our listenership. Can- and Mexico is oh, now higher wow. than, Can- than Canada. Wow, Every week, Mexico is climbing and climbing and climbing in small numbers. I mean, this isn't a very big show right now. We know, we know that. We've talked about that. We yeah. hope to change that down the road. Um, but given that, the numbers in Mexico are, um, are starting to, to exceed the, the Canadian population and, um, and also in Australia. And wow. the new countries, Italy, France, and Germany, they came on board last week, and we welcome everybody in those countries who are, who are hopefully – enjoying and being entertained and listening to our conversations. Sometimes we get more silly and, and comical than other times. We, we kind of Yeah, I mean, they vary, don't they? They vary from show they, to show depending on what we're talking about, you know, and mm-hmm. know, current situations and, yeah. But, yeah, well, our, our, our shows do vary quite a bit. And I agree with you, Andy. I hope they're enjoying listening to what we're sharing. And Yeah. 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 <laughs> yes. Yes, so we'll we'll go ahead and and wish everybody a a wonderful weekend ahead. I can't believe it's another Friday. I look at these Friday shows, you know, going back, uh, you know, we've been doing this uh, program here, um, coast to coast program, um, yeah. for one year in mid April, and, and April's approaching. I, I just can't believe, you know, we have two hundred thirty or something like that episodes, um, and it's been uh, wonderful. And it's, it's been amazingly wonderful having Amanda Love as a as a partner in this program. It's just been, been Aww. Great Likewise, my darling. 
Oh, you're flashing me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and of course, Cornell Butler, who's who's who can't join us because of previous obligations at this time period, but um, but he is our show coordinator, yes, yes. and we give him all the credit. And it's, it's due to Cornell that this show exists, and that Amanda and I are able to do it. So we uh, absolutely. You know, he did an amazing job. And he will be joining us in future shows from time to time and, and our different time spots when we do the show at our normal time. Uh, he'll be back on, and we definitely enjoy making him part of the show when uh, it's practical for him to do so in his life. So, um, Amanda, why don't, you know, have a great weekend, everybody. It's been wonderful. We hope we, we've enjoyed our, our time together and look forward to yes. the Monday show. Monday show in UK is, is – um, what time in UK is Monday? Because it's mm. um, three. No. <laughs> no, it's eight PM in the UK. <laughs> no, on Monday it's eight PM. I don't know. Are we are we doing the 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 same hours this is this week, or are we going back to normal? No, no. Monday Monday is five PM in the UK. Monday Monday is five. Oh, okay. We're doing five PM on a Monday. Okay, no 5 problem. Five PM on Monday, nine AM. This is for the live show, and you again, you can podcast. You know. 100 shows or more on all our podcast channels. You can go back and listen to some of the crazy conversations we've had. A lot of them have been really fun <laughs> and kind of zany and silly, and some have been more serious and, and passionate and everything in between. Um, and some even have great music. We, we played some amazing music on the show, which we're going to yeah. touch upon again. But um, but listen to some of our shows, folks, and let us know what you think. Give us your, you know, what do you think this show? Do you think we should be on radio? 515-605-9888. When we were on Block Talk Radio, I'm talking about real radio, terrestrial radio. Um, let us know. All right. Um, yeah. So, Amanda, take it away, and have a great weekend, okay. everybody. Yes, please do, everybody. So, from Andy Kimball in the stunning and beautiful Hollywood, and from myself, Amanda Love, <laughs> in the UK, <laughs> thank you so, so much for joining us for another show. We are so grateful to have you with us and uh, enjoying the madness with us. And uh, we look forward to catching you on the next show and hopefully get to hear from you. So, you take care. Have a wonderful weekend, and thanks again for listening. We love you. Yes, everybody, have a great weekend, man. We'll see you again on Monday, another week of the Andy and Amanda Coast to Coast program. Take care, folks. Bye, everyone. <laughs>